How many times have we worked with a student and wondered if the program or the intervention or really what we were doing was really going to be what was what was needed for that student? Welcome to Reaching Struggling Learners, episode 36. Today, we're going to talk about the one thing that makes the most amount of impact on whether students progress or not, and what we can do to make sure we have that when we work with our students. Hi, I'm Jessica Curtis of Teaching Struggling Learners. I'm a boy mom and a veteran teacher. You're listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, where we talk all about helping students succeed academically, socially, and behaviorally. Thank you so much for tuning in. There are so many different programs for so many different learning differences out there. Every single one says that they have the answer to learning difficulties and know exactly what to do to get students back on track in record time. Teachers hear these claims from interventionists, from principals, trainers, commercials on TV, everywhere. It's just bombarding us with this. And it all sounds too good to be true. And, you know, honestly, if you've been in the classroom for very long, most of the time it is. This whole system is incredibly frustrating for teachers who just want their students to learn. So what's the one thing that is most likely to ensure that a student makes progress? There have been many studies, many, 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 many studies on this topic, and they all basically have come to the same conclusion. The program being used, the materials, the teacher training, or even the years of service, socioeconomic level, none of those things actually make the biggest impact on whether a student makes progress or not. Yeah, they, they impact where a student starts off their learning, sometimes the rate of progress. But the one thing that really, when you get all the way down to it, makes the most difference is the strength of the relationship between the student and the teacher or interventionist. Students who have a good relationship with their interventionist or their teacher make significantly more progress than those who don't. In the studies, it didn't matter what program was used, the socioeconomic level of the student or the teacher. It didn't matter how far below grade level. The one thing that was best at predicting how much progress a student made was the strength of the relationship between the student and the teacher. That is super crazy to think about, isn't it? As teachers and principals and interventionists, we're told that this new program is the answer to all our troubles and we need to implement it with fidelity. I hate that word, fidelity. When the program doesn't turn out to be all that it was advertised, and, you know, honestly, when was the last time you had a program or curriculum turn out as wonderful as the trainers claimed? The trainers and the people in the know always claim that the program wasn't used with true fidelity or the teachers didn't use all the pieces as they were intended to be used. It always seems to come down to what the teachers didn't do, doesn't it? But as the people on the ground, you know, actually doing the work, we know that no program is the answer 
to all of our students' issues. We know that students need a wide range of learning activities to be successful. And we also know that we are the ones that will need to bring all those pieces together for our students to actually succeed. So knowing that, you know, we have to use these stinking programs and we have to supplement it as needed and that relationship is the biggest factor in student progress, what are we going to do? Okay, so obviously we have to find ways to insert more effective ways to build relationships in our classrooms. We can talk about that next week a little bit more, but beyond that, I believe that teachers need to really start finding their voice regarding all the programs and the things on their plates. If relationships have taken a backseat to academics, it certainly is not because teachers want it that way. I have a really good friend who teaches high school, and she is fantastic at building good, strong relationships with her students. Even the tough cookies who drive other teachers batty seem to they just come around and they just at least they start respecting her by the end of the first quarter which for some of these kids is a massive improvement she prides herself literally prides herself on her ability to just form relationships with all of her students and I have seen firsthand how that has made some massively tough cookies stay in school you know not drop out and actually start caring about their grades She, I truly believe, has kept several students from dropping out just by showing her students that she cares about them. Does this mean that she wins over every student? Heck no! There are some students who we're just not going to jive with or whatever, however you want to say it. We won't be mean to them. We're not going to ostracize them. But the fact is, in life, there are some people who we just aren't going to be able to build a really good, solid relationship with that, with them. And that is perfectly okay. We can still show our students that we care about them. Not every student is going to be our favorite. Not everyone is going to be our, you know, teacher's pet and all that. But every student that comes in our classrooms should know that we care about them. But let's face it, if you've been teaching for a while, you know, in years past, it was so much easier to get in that relationship building opportunities. But the high stakes testing, even during remote learning, which boggles my mind, is the number one thing on so many administrator and district people's minds. It is just about the only thing we talk about in faculty meetings or even during our observation post-conferences. So yeah, teachers have been forced to put relationships on the back burner in order to just deal with the high-stakes testing shenanigans. Not teacher's choice, but an awful lot has been forced on teachers in the past decade, Um, you know, especially the past, you know, year, which is why I believe very strongly that we need to find our voices and start calling out the silly programs when we see them. We need to start questioning the so-called experts who have never actually taught a classroom full of public school students. We need to start holding our superintendents accountable when they make promises about providing programs or resources. And too many times those promises are made to parents during elections They are completely forgotten 
by the time teachers are knee-deep in the consequences of previous poor administrative decisions. If this sounds kind of like a call to action, okay, I didn't intend it to be when I started talking, but now that I'm here knee-deep in it, I guess it is. We as professionals know that our students need us. They don't need the newest, most expensive program on the market. They need teachers who have the time, the energy, the confidence to take the steps they need to build good, solid relationships in the classroom. They need teachers who aren't burnt out from being overworked, underappreciated, and downright abused for so long we can't even remember what it felt like to be appreciated. I mean, I just, I'm just going to take a step out for a minute. Wasn't that like one month in like April just absolutely amazing? Like, you know, people actually thought that teachers were cool and, you know, like their jobs and they appreciated us for like two minutes. That did not last. Did not last. Our students need teachers who are able to speak up about the issues that we see in the education profession who are free to voice concerns over decisions made that impact our classrooms. So if this resonates with you, I want to encourage you to start speaking up in whatever way you can. Share your concerns, share your worries, share your struggles and your wins, and not just in the teacher corner of Instagram, but with administrators, with politicians, gosh darn it, with anyone who will listen at this point. As a parent, because I got two babies of my own, I can tell you that when my kids' teachers bring an issue or concern up to me, I back them up and try to support them in whatever way I can. It is no secret that things in education need to change, so I truly believe that teachers need to be the first ones whose voices are heard in this debate, not the last ones anymore. Okay, I'll get off my soapbox now. (laughs) Sorry. But I will say, if this did resonate with you, I would love to hear from you. Let me know your thoughts, your concerns, and you know what? I'd like to know if you could change anything in education, what's the one thing that you would change? Hit me up on Instagram. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me. And actually, I'm going to go ahead and put up a, a post on, on my stories to, to ask this question. If you could change anything at all in education, what would it be? I am super excited to hear your responses. In the meantime, thank you for listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, episode 36. Until next time, may your coffee be strong, your parents be friendly, and may your voice be heard. Bye.